Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an Odd Couple podcast. Kathleen Hart, Garrett Eisler. To this week, we're going to discuss Season 3, Episode 19, My Strife in Court, which is available on Paramount+. Plus. So, Garrett, who, are, who wrote this episode? Uh, well, our, our two men that are becoming uh, very familiar to us, Mr. Lowell Gantz and Mark Rothman, uh, once again, uh, uh, on, a, on, a, on a winning streak, you could say. Uh, they're writing a lot at this point in season three. And as I mentioned last week, I, I wanted to uh, mention something I thought was interesting that I noticed in the closing credits lately. And this is kind of all throughout season three that you see kind of a shifting around of the personnel um, so that the executive producers are now Gary Marshall and Jerry Davis not Jerry Belson and Gary Marshall. I, uh, I remember him talking about how Belson kind of took a step back um, by season three, although was definitely still involved, but not the exe- not one of the official showrunner executive producers. Uh, then we see the new, um, oh, so then you, the, Jerry Belson has been either upgraded or downgraded to an executive consultant along with Harvey Miller, uh, who still remains a big force in the show. And then, I'm re- sorry, I'm reading this off the credits, and you know, CBS doesn't always like to let me pause. Um, and then Mark Rothman and Lil Gantz are listed as assistants to the producer. Hmm. Now, it doesn't sound very grand, no. but I don't think they're, they may have gotten Gary Marshall coffee, but I don't think, that, I think their job was, was so, more important. I remember from the Lowell Gans interview on Facebook, a, although he didn't address this part specific, it sounded like, you know, they quickly became part of the team and were writing, but were also still very junior. And I don't know that they were getting coffee, but I, I think this was maybe somehow accommodating them, A, giving them a full-time job. Right. But right. not necessarily writing staff at the time, but they right. would eventually lead the writing staff. So I'm guessing it was a way of getting them full-time jobs that weren't terribly expensive so that they could be around to write is what yeah. that credit says. And yeah, that I remember reading something similar about the uh, writing staff that you just needed a title to get you on salary. And that's the way they assembled full-time staff as opposed to people sending in scripts on spec. Um, and so that, so Rothman and Gantz are assistants to the producer. Story editors are two other familiar names, Joe Glauberg and David Duclon, uh, who we've seen some episodes from. Um, so they are a little still above Rothman and Gantz. So I thought that was interesting to see that I forgot to notice when this started happening, but definitely by season three, we have this slightly new team in place, but uh, Belson and Miller are, are definitely part of it. And by the way, you know, I keep looking at clips of Tony Randall interviews and he always mentions Harvey Miller as he always says, Gary Marshall, Jerry Belson and Harvey Miller were the geniuses behind the show. So we must not forget Harvey Miller. 
But we open on Felix in the kitchen. He's stirring something in a pot on the stove, and he's adding salt to it. Oscar comes home, and he's very ex- he's very excitedly walks in, and says, "Hey, Felix." Felix points out that he's home early. Oscar says he is a surprise for him. Felix asks, unrelated to that question, "You wiped your feet?" And Oscar says, "Bigger than that." I have. And by the way, my- I don't think he did wipe his feet. Oh well, of course he didn't. He's Oscar. <laughs> um, I have four of the hottest tickets for the hottest show on Broadway free tonight. Felix says, you've got tickets for Kiss My Face. He's looking at the tickets while he's saying that. Now, the audience, the audience laughs at that title, like fairly robustly. Yeah. Is it that funny, the title? Well, you know, I never thought about this before, but because uh, I always, yeah, remembered it as kind of a very bland the generic music. that's what i thought it's like it but could be a real think, title when you think about it it is okay so it's weird like yes what else are you going to kiss hand <laughs> right i mean is it a is a a joke on kiss my ass you know okay uh, i don't a... <laughs> I, I don't see the audience making that all the, that many audience members making that conclusion right. that quickly yeah maybe not i mean maybe they're laughing at how generic it is it is a brilliant title and uh i mean brilliant for the these per- for the purpose of the show um so uh, i i gotta wonder okay well he's felix goes on to say oh that crazy musical that's fantastic how did you do it people had waiting a year and a half for tickets to that show which i think that's exaggerated i don't think well a year no, and a half? I mean, that's still you know but while broadway was still running uh uh, Hamilton, I feel like you could get something within the six months. Not maybe. when it just when when it when it was the when it because, first opened yeah. and was a sensation. I think for shows like that or Book of Mormon, it I do remember reading that yeah there were sometimes people were getting tick we're getting tickets a year in advance. Well, that's different than you yeah. can't get them. Well, that it was hard at least. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's not well, why. Why couldn't he just go online and buy them? Exactly. Uh, so Oscar says, I got the theater critic four tickets to the Jets game, and he got me these. Felix says, oh, that's sensational. Miriam's coming down for dinner, but this is better. We'll go to the theater. And he says this as he's taking something out of the oven. And then he says, what will I do with my baked noodles? And Oscar says, put them in a bag. We'll take them to the theater. And I don't think Oscar's joking. No, he would do that. Uh, Felix says, I'll freeze them. Oh, boy, I love the score to that show. And uh, I'm not, I'm going to let Felix sing it, not me. (laughs) Oh, boy, I love the score to that show. Kiss my nose, kiss my toe. Is that this show? Oh, yeah, don't you love it? Maybe I like it better when they do it. It's getting late. Who's your date going to be? Well, that requires a little thought, doesn't it? Yeah, not everybody appreciates an evening in the theater. You got to figure who'll get the most out of it, huh? Well, I got to figure out I can get the most out of it. Felix, don't you understand? This is a sure thing. These are guaranteed can't-miss point scorers. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. A playwright struggles for two years with his script. Finally, when he's finished his masterpiece, he slumps over the typewriter exhausted and says, Good. Now Oscar Madison can score. <laughs> so I can't let him down, huh? <laughs> it's your life. When'd you give it back to me? Better go tell Miriam upstairs. Who are you calling, Rhoda? Rhoda? Are you kidding? Rhoda's the last resort. Hello, Phyllis? 
This is Oscar. Listen, I just got my hands on tickets to the hottest show on Broadway. Kiss my face. Yeah. Now, the only one I considered taking was you. I mean, you got the style, you got the class, you got the dresses. Yeah. So you're the only one I would consider taking. Tonight. You can't make it? Well, don't worry. I'll get somebody else. <laughs> So two things I want to point about this scene. First of all, he, as he's calling Phyllis and Rhoda, he's holding a red pocket telephone book. Yeah. Um, and which I don't know that people know. I don't know. If right. People know what that is. The younger viewer, if there's any young people finding yeah. the young hey kids that's not a phone he's told <laughs> that red exactly. thing in his hand is not the actual phone it's right. just a piece of pa- bunch of paper with the names and numbers in them because um, you have to write them down so you could dial them and now rhoda of course we're assuming is crazy rhoda zimmerman right we're assuming isn't it funny they've stopped using her last name is is, is it because she's so well known in the lore of the well, show or? you're saying stopped as if it doesn't happen again i'm Okay. I, I my initial instinct was this is the first time we've not heard her full name, and um, I don't you think know. She comes up again. Well, I don't can't on, remember. Based on what we're about to find out about what's happening in Rhoda's life. I, yeah. I oh, you're right. That's just a good point. Um, and she's not called crazy Rhoda. Right. Either. So I can't tell if they decided. I don't can't tell why. Maybe because it's different writers now. They're just don't like using that they think that's a gimmick or something i don't know or insulting uh or or it's it's a coincidence (laughs) or maybe Um, it's not another rhoda well let's put it this way rhoda in this episode is clearly his last resort as he says and is someone who he would usually consider easy yeah i mean i'm assuming it's the same road which is the how the other rhoda zimmerman is described right so i'm assuming it's rhoda zimmerman and i'm not exactly sure why he, we, Felix would be the one to say, who are you going to call? Crazy Rhoda Zimmerman. But he doesn't. He right, says right. Rhoda. Um, now, at the end, Oscar is slumped right when we go to the credits there. Oscar slumped on the stairs looking. Uh, sorry. Yeah, he's sitting on the stairs calling Rhoda because he looks very dejected. He's clearly been through a lot of phone calls. Yeah, it's a great jump cut, you know, passage of time thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a very clever way, actually, to depict a passage of time. Because yeah. they had to, they had to show that he had gone through a lot without dialing everybody, and they did that right. very well. They don't have a. There's only two examples. Right? Yeah, so he starts in the kitchen, very, very excited, and then yeah. we see him sitting on the stairs, slumped down and very dejected. So after the credits, Oscar, we pick back up right in the same scene. In fact, freeze frame. Yeah, but now this is the first time I think this has happened. Oscar repeats. Oh, they rewind line. like ten seconds. Yes, yeah. he says, "Hello, Rhoda." I don't think the show's mm. ever done that before. Or does it again? You're That's right. what I think. Um, he says, Oscar, because Rhoda doesn't seem to know who's calling. And then he says, Oscar Madison, how many Oscars do you know? And he listens to her answer and says, you know Oscar Homoka? <laughs> now, I I think until I researched this episode, right. Right. I always assumed for some reason Oscar Homoka was a drummer. I don't know why. Okay, well, he's not. I looked up, so I finally decided <laughs> yeah. why well, I should figure who this was. He was an Austrian film and theater <laughs> actor who worked in Germany, Britain, and America. He did many, many stage plays. And his voice and his appearance made him very suited for roles playing communist spies or Soviet officials. 
By the age of 30, he had appeared in more than 400 plays, and he was in 100 films and TV shows, including key films, Funeral in Berlin, Farewell to Arms, Seven Year Itch. Do you have more to say about him? Yeah, well, I mean, just that, he, first of all, he was really old by this time. Do you have, you have when he died there? I don't. It's, um, he, so it gets my points definitely for one of the great random references. This, they went, they, this is such a great random reference because even by 1970, Oscar Homoka is like the, one of the more obscure character actors from really old movies going back to the thirties. And I know he, right. He had a late career in the He 60s. died in 1978. Thank you. Right. So he's first of all, really old and he's just this really strange European heavy accented guy who was not a movie star and that no one cared about his private life. Uh, he's just this weird character actor who is in another world and not someone you'd think would be friends with your neighbor or your girlfriend. And so Oscar's reaction, like, you know, Oscar Homoka is just to be clear. It's not, he's impressed. He's just saying, wow, that's really weird. But how does crazy Rhoda Zimmerman know Oscar Homoka? I don't know. Six degrees of Oscar Homoka, you know, did they, I, how i mean what is we don't know what she does gotta for a play, living gotta play six degrees of oscar Hamilton. maybe she's a stewardess and flew to mm-hmm. and saw him in a play and met him afterwards i don't know he's also like 80 years old at this right point. um but, so oscar's reaction is just priceless great random reference so oscar goes on to say rhoda i got great tickets for the hottest show on broadway kiss my face and you're the only one i considered taking yeah he, so he listens to her response and says, yeah, oh, well, can't you postpone it? Can't you push it back one day? Oh, sure. Okay. And congratulations. I'm sure you'll make a pretty bride. <laughs> I love that too. And that is, that is pushing it. I hate that Oscar. joke. I hate it. Oh, I, I think well. it is so cheap. <laughs> and so it's just beneath <laughs> them. I really think it's beneath, think it's beneath them. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know. I, I, it works for me. Uh, and even though it, if it, if you took it seriously, that's like so awful to say. That's what I'm saying. I know to go out with another man to a Broadway show. Why would Oscar even want her to do that? <laughs> but but uh, but Klugman delivers it so with a, such a straight face. It's perfect because he doesn't. You know, you don't see it coming. The punchline is so great because it's so extreme and so uh, uh, so wrong. <laughs> I just this episode, which I think it's so great in many other ways it just feels like such a it's so clever in other ways it's this feels just very joking yeah. yeah but it's so, i think it's a good joke so oscar says out loud to himself now because felix is still up at miriam's that's the whole book now i'm up to weights and measures so Again, with the address book right. so continuing to explain to younger listeners these paper pocket phone books which i had hmm. would have reference pages in the back for things mm-hmm. like weights and measures, holidays, anniversary gifts. That's how I learned about silver and paper right. and gold <laughs> anniversary gifts, eight abbreviations and more things. I now, mean, see, it's, it's like your iPhone and Google all together. Like, yes. what else do you need? Right. Felix now walks in from talking to Miriam and Oscar changes his face. So Felix doesn't see that he struck out. Felix says, what are you doing? Miriam's getting dressed. Come on, come on. We don't have much time. Who's your date? Oscar says, oh, I'm not sure. You know. Felix says, you don't have any time now. Come on, you better get one. And Oscar says, well, you know, Felix, I'm kind of bored going out with the same girls all the time. You know, no spark, no interest. I want to meet someone new and exciting. No, he keeps saying you know a lot. Felix says, that's fine. That's fine. What about tonight? 
Oscar says, well, I figured I would go alone and take the extra ticket with me. You know, whatever life has in store for me, I'll be ready for it. I'll meet it head on. And you know what I mean? And then that leads to uh, the next clip. You couldn't get a date. <laughs> what happened to all your prospects? Well, they couldn't make it. Either they were sick or they had something they couldn't get out of. Oh, I'm sorry. I really am. What are you going to do now? Well, like I said, I'll go alone. I'll take the ticket with me. What will you do? Turn it into the box office? No, maybe I'll find a girl on the way. Find a girl? Yeah. You mean pick up a girl? What's the matter with you? Did you ever pick up a girl before? Yes, of course. In occupied France. <laughs> so? So, I don't want you hanging out of the window of the cab, banging on the door and saying, hey, good looking, what's cooking? Was that your line? Yeah. All the other guys said hubba hubba, that's right. Yeah. Please, don't worry, I won't do it in front of you and Miriam. You go to the theater and I'll meet you there. What's the matter? You think I can't take a little humiliation for a friend? No matter how you plan to make a fool of yourself, your friend will go with you. So get dressed and let's go. Okay, I'm dressed. We'll meet you at the theater. Overture's about to start. Wouldn't you know it? He'd keep us waiting. Oh, the only oh, man... Isn't the... that him across the street? Where? Where? Over there. The one talking to the meter maid. Oh. <laughs> Finally. Hi, Mary. Thank you for the tickets. That's my pleasure. Let's go. Well? Well, what? You're alone. I know I'm alone. Leave it alone. What's the matter? Didn't the meter maid like musicals? Oh. <laughs> trying to pick up a meter maid. I didn't try to pick her up. She nailed me for jaywalking. What are you gonna do with the ecstasy? Keep it between us. Give it to me. What fool? Give it to me. I'll distribute it to some needy theater goer. Yeah. You two no, go in, sit down, I'll be right with oh, you. Come on. To the left. Excuse me. Yes. Are you alone? Yes. Good. So is. <laughs> do you want to see the show? That's what I'm standing in line for. I have an extra ticket. Oh, how much is it? Well, it's 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 nine ninety. I'll fifteen dollars for it. You don't understand. Okay, twenty, but that's as high as I go. No, let me explain. All right, twenty-five. Twenty-five dollars. Hey, yes? Put your money away, Miss. Now, Miss, would you mind waiting over there? I'll be with you in a minute. Okay, buddy, you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going inside to see the show. Oh no, no, no! You're going to see the police station. Now, you have a right to remain silent. Now, if you give up the why, right... Why? Why? You think I was trying to pick... No, no, I'm not a masher. Yeah, I know. Now, you have the right to remain silent. What is you... this? Ticket scalping is against the law. Ticket scalping? I'm not a ticket scalper. I was trying to get a date for my friend Oscar Madison. Who? Oscar Madison. He's there. There he is. He'll the curtain's going up. Did you get rid of the ticket yet? Mm-hmm. Are you Oscar Madison? Yeah. Uh, is this your ticket? Yeah. Okay. Then the two of you. Let's go. What is it? Don't say anything. You have the right to remain silent. A couple of topics there. First of all, now Felix is in occupied France, in addition yes, to he, Japan. Not only he land well now he's and Anzio. Is clear. He landed at Anzio. He made his way up Europe and was there for the liberation of France in 1945. And, and in Japan. And in the between. Went yeah. Um, so. Again, I'm going to nitpick this episode. It's so frustrating to me that when the woman says, how much is it? All he had to do was say it's free. Not look at the price and say it's 990. 
And the sitcom trope of somebody saying, or even a, any TV show trope of, you don't understand. Instead of just saying the problem, <laughs> when somebody says you don't understand, gives another character the chance yeah. to say something else that further yeah. complicates the situation. I hate that trope. In that situation, all you had to do was say it's free. Not start yep. talking about price. Now, I, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yes, I hear you. It is, but though I watch it different, I feel sort of the same thing, but in a different way. Like when I'm watching it now, especially knowing what happens, I'm going, don't, Felix, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Don't get arrested. Just why, say it. Why but would I, say kind of, I believe Tony Mandel sells it enough. He plays it like he's kind of just taken aback. And I agree. Yes. And, and she's very aggressive and eager. Yes. And he kind of is just literally answering her question without, and he does, she doesn't give him a chance to say anything. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess the only the only I will counter my own point by saying maybe Felix thought he could at least get the price back for the ticket on the face value. Mm -hmm. And no, but he did. No one paid for these tickets. They're all free. So he, why would he do that? Yeah, that would money? also be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's always bugged me. When Oscar says uh, when Felix says to Oscar to get ready to go, he takes a paper napkin back in the apartment pocket and he puts it in his pocket <laughs> as a handkerchief. That's another great. That is also jokey, but in a really good way. Right? Yes. This whole speech about I'm I have your back. I don't care. Whatever. And then once Oscar puts a paper napkin in his as his handkerchief pocket handkerchief, he sits him down and says, forget it. I'll meet you at the theater. Now, the, they in uh, we haven't talked about props in a few episodes, but they put together an actual poster for the show with names yes, they did. so the did producer yes the producer of kiss my face is denny peebles the writers are andre neilis and jamie claytor and jay zutz of the new york herald declares it a must now first that's interesting because we know oscar got the tickets from the theater critic at his paper and oh right that's yes, right yeah so, so we have a, another character in the greater odd couple universe jay zutz, jay zutz. Uh, now the woman. In those, by the way, those names. I thought about those names a lot, and yeah, they are totally rare. I don't recognize any of them. I don't. I didn't bother, I didn't bother googling them. I did. Yeah, I googled Denny Peebles, and it. And I don't. I mean, I don't them. expect them to be real producers, right? Writers, but at least friends of someone, which they but could be. They seem really good job at really random names. It's a nice little poster. Uh, my only quibble with it is that it's a musical, and they say a by two people without saying music and lyrics yeah know? i thought about that too yeah that's right you know so but a small quibble i, I love kiss my face to me is like the rochelle rochelle of oh yeah the yeah yeah if i wish they brought it back in I, uh, yes i would say I wish you know what i mean it's like yes i love how they create this not this, this totally fictional show that you only get a peek of what it's like but it has its own universe to it it's great so the woman in line who Wait, uh, oh go ahead yeah off the tickets to whose name we will later learn is Beth Olam, is played by Jill Jarris. Uh, her career began on a, a fairly well-known flop of a TV show called The New People that was created by Rod Serling after The Twilight Zone. Hmm. She did some other TV, including Bob Newhart, Marcus Welby, Barnaby Jones, Taxi, but I would say this is her only like really famous role. I think this is where anyone would know her from. Hmm. And the policeman is played by a man named Frank Laverde. This is his third odd couple. Yeah, he was in a season one funny. episode, and he's yeah. in Surprise, Surprise as one of the poker players. Oh, one of the other, one of the new poker players. Yeah. The out-of-town poker players. Did you have more to say about the scene? Yes. Um, I, another line I love is Felix saying, I'm not a masher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, of course, I mean, we kind of into it. 
sort of, and we have recognized that word maybe from, it was still current, I think, in the 70s. But looking it up now, just to remind myself, it's sure enough in the Wiktionary, Wikipedia dictionary definition, masher is a fashionable man in the late Victorian era, dand, like a dandy or fop, but also a man who makes un, often unwelcome advances to women as in a subway. That so, does describe what Felix could be if he was. But what's even funnier is when he, Felix, of course, dressed as kind of a dandy in this very uh, 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 stunning black uh, trench coat, uh, says, like, laughing, like, hey, I'm not a masher. And the cops takes, looks him over and says, yeah, I know. <laughs> Just looking over his outfit is, uh, does th- is, is, uh, you're kind of laughing that he thinks that's the problem. Uh, so now the boys come home from obviously being in, in, in jail. And Felix says, well, Oscar, you haven't said a word during this entire fiasco. Come on, get it off your chest. You'll feel better. Oscar says nothing to get off. It was an accident. You couldn't help it. I don't blame you. Felix says, isn't that big of you considering that it was your fault? Oscar looks at him and says, what? Felix says, if you'd been able to get a date, this never would have happened. All right, Felix, that's it. Put him up, Oscar says, and he raises his fist. Felix says, go ahead, Oscar, hit me. I'm numb. I stopped feeling pain two hours ago. The whole evening in the police station, look at these hands. And then we see ink stains on all of his fingertips. Oscar says, I know I was there. Felix says, I've never been so humiliated all my life, riding in a paddy wagon, and I had to stand all the way downtown. Oscar says, nobody told you to offer your seat to that lady. Felix says she'd been on her feet all evening. Oscar says you... How do you get that joke? Yes, because she's a prostitute. Streetwalker. Yes. yes. <laughs> I thought a funnier joke would have been that was no lady. <laughs> um, and then one of them says that was my ex-wife. Uh, no, it's more like it was like a person <laughs> yes. dressed up. As, okay. Yes. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oscar says you embarrassed me. Felix says how? At the police station by putting your handkerchief over your face like you're Al Capone. Yeah. Felix says I was ashamed. Oscar says, in front of who? The lady with the tired feet? Mm-hmm. Felix says, fingerprint us like common criminals. Didn't even give us towels. I had to wash my hands in the water cooler. How do you get your, how'd you get your hands clean? Oscar says, I didn't. And he shows Felix his inky hands, which he had been leaning against the kitchen cabinet door, which is now all inky. And Felix starts cleaning Oscar's hand with a paper towel. And Felix says, like a little baby, I have to take care of. <laughs> Oscar shows, uh, uh, shows in the other hand and says, Felix says, look at that. And Oscar points to the cabinet door and says, look at that, because he's been touching everything. Felix says he doesn't care, he doesn't care. And then Oscar points to the refrigerator door, which he'd also leaned on. And there are also ink stains and says there's some over here too. Felix says it's a waste of time trying to keep this house clean. And then the doorbell rings and Miriam comes in. Might be the police. Is it the police? It's Miriam. It's not the police. Miriam. Why didn't you tell me to call Miriam? Well, she's your date. That's right. I forgot. You didn't have a date. <laughs> Miriam. Hi, remember I'm me? I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You'll never guess what happened. No, I heard about it. What? How? Well, I got worried. I went out to the lobby at intermission, and then everybody was talking about it. What happened, Oscar? Hey, me, dude. <laughs> Somebody tell me something. 
All started when Oscar couldn't get a date. She knows that part. Tell her what happened when they tried to take our pictures. We spent a half hour rearranging the lights for the police. You'd have looked ten years older if I hadn't. I'm sorry if you missed any of the show. Oh, I didn't. It, 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 it was just fabulous. And at the end, the entire cast came out on the stage yeah. and they sang, Kiss my nose, kiss my toes, kiss my... You went back in to see the rest of the show? Well, there wasn't anything I could do, so after I'd heard you'd been arrested, I saw the rest of the show. I'd have been too upset to go back in and enjoy a show. Well, I was too upset to enjoy it. You just said it was fabulous. Well, I, I knew it was good because everyone else was applauding. Good, Miriam. She's too fast for you. Would you please tell me what happened at the police station? Nothing oh. happened. How come? Felix refused to go to night court. He made them set a trial date. We have to go back in two weeks. We need time to prepare our defense. I'm not taking this lying down. Felix, if we go to court, we have to get a lawyer. That costs money. You know how they charge for a day in we court? We don't need a lawyer. I'm handling this case. And we'll plead not guilty. Oh, boy. Where are you going? Get some butter. What for? To go with the bread and water. Um, I like bread the... and water. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's going back you know so i like the way oscar says good miriam she's too fast for you right he's uh, he loves to see her put felix down and there was a moment there when miriam says kiss my and then doesn't finish the sentence uh-huh. where maybe the kiss my ass thing does right, come up right um when you think about it kiss my toes it's, it's that's pretty pretty intimate right there so we have a new scene oh which... uh, wait uh yes. um um before I forget, I've been meaning to say this from the beginning, but fun fact, the title of this episode, of course, is My Strife in Court. There was a famous uh, best-selling book in the early 60s called Louis, My Life. My Louis Neiser. It was big at the time. There were a couple of movies made out of some of the trial stories in it. So now the new scene starts and we see the outside of the fam- one of the famous New York City court buildings that you see a lot in Law and Order. Yeah. And we start with that suspenseful music that we haven't heard since the Sleepwalker episode. Oh. You know, you know that music when, yeah, yeah, that's their suspense music. Um, so inside, Felix and Oscar are sitting at the defendant's table, and Felix says, "What are you worried about? I've got an airtight, and he doesn't finish case because he shushes himself and he sees someone, and he says, Mr. Price, Mr. Price.'" Oscar says, "He's a reporter on the Journal. What's he doing here?" Felix says, I called him in. I can. I called in all the press. How he did that, I don't know. <laughs> I want complete coverage. <laughs> Harry, this guy, I guess his name is Harry. He says, um, hello, Mr. Madison. Oscar says, hi. Felix says, you're getting all this. Harry says, you bet. It's going to be a good story. And as he pats Oscar on the back, as he says, he pats Oscar on the back as he says that, Oscar starts to try to appeal to him not to print a story, but Felix interrupts and says, isn't this terrific? Let the whole world see our fight against injustice. I welcome publicity. Uh, Oscar says, well, you're going to get a lot of it. He has a large circulation. Felix, this is bad. So Harry Price, I think I know his name is Harry from the credits, I guess. or I can't remember if somebody says his name is Harry, but I was looking at his, the credits to understand that he's played by Joe Alfasa. 
whose first credited role is on Car 51, Car 54 in 1951, has only 30 other credits, and the last, or one of the last being mad about you. So Felix says, what are you worried about? I've got key witnesses lined up. We're going to blast this case wide open. You'll see, you'll see. Oscar nods as he is resigned to being embarrassed. The judge walks in and the bailiff says, all rise. And the judge is played by Kurt Conway. Who That's right. This is the second time we've seen him play a judge. Who he else? The judge and Murray the Fink. Who else do you get but Kurt Conway? And it Which, can't, But we haven't seen him for basically a year, right? Right. So Murray the Fink was season two. Yeah. And it... It, it, it obviously can't be the same judge because he would recognize Felix uh, and Felix would recognize him. <laughs> that is true. He, Felix uh, would be a memorable uh, defendant. Yeah. And, and he would remember I mean, how many times was he in front of the judge. So he would remember seeing this yeah. judge. So it's clearly a different judge. Also, he plays a judge in the Playboy episode, which is a flashback episode. And he's the same right. age. So clearly <laughs> he's playing different judges. <laughs> He has just like been eternally a judge. He's right. always going I mean, to be he's, there as the judge for the outcome. He's so perfect that it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, the judge asked Felix to call his first witness. So Felix gets up, carrying his briefcase, sorry, his briefcase and his notebook yeah. in one hand. Yeah, I love when Felix is, has both. Tony Randall has this great thing where he's playing up Felix's total cockiness and arrogance. And at the same time, he's inside really nervous. Yeah. And he can't let go of the briefcase. Uh, he bows to the judge and says, if it pleases the court, he wants to call to the stand Murray Greshler. Oscar asks Felix, that's your key witness? Felix says, character witness. And now we'll play what happens after that. Are you carrying your briefcase? Right. Oh, no, no. Oh, give it to me, Clarence <laughs> Hi, Your Honor. How are you, Murray? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How was the vacation? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Where'd you go? Detroit. Why Detroit? Well, we're sick of Cleveland. <laughs> Your Honor? the wife. Fine. May I proceed? Oh, sure, yeah, sure. sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Officer Greshler, how long have you known the co-defendants? Oh, let me see. I met them in 1964. 64. You've known them a long time. Oh, sure, sure. And how would you describe Oscar Madison? Male Caucasian, 175 pounds, 5'10 and a half, no. blue eyes. I want your opinion of Mr. Madison. A great guy. <laughs> Quite a character. What do you mean? You mean, you mean he has a great character. <laughs> Jack, you ought to see his room. <laughs> Unbelievable. Officer Greshler, would you say that Mr. Madison is the kind of man who would scalp a ticket for $25? Heck no. He needs a lot more than that. <laughs> the character. You may sit down. He never has a dime in his pocket. You may He's sit down. He's always in debt up to here. Step down. Step down. Don't you want me to tell him about, about you? You may step down, Officer so 1964 has to be wrong because right. he knew it, he knew Felix well when Edna was born because and we saw the episode. How old is Edna now? So Edna or was 13. that that was in 1971 when right. she had her tenth birthday. Ah, I'm sorry, and not in the birthday episode in 1971 she was ten. Just ten. So she had to be born in 1961, right? And she, he was already a good friend of right. Felix's and by that time and remember that in that flashback felix introduces murray to oscar that's what i'm saying so he yeah. already knew so so 1964 is is incorrect but his answer is that implies that he met both of them at the same time in that too right 
Now, at the end, did you notice Murray says, don't you want me to tell them about, and he doesn't finish the sentence, and he seems to stumble. <laughs> so mm. I don't think there was a line there. I think Al Molinaro had to, like, because yeah. Tony Randall didn't come in quite quick enough, and he had to yeah. kind of, like, vamp yeah. for a second. So, that's, so it leaves us in suspense of what the other embarrassing thing is. Murray, no, no, no. I think he was trying to, I thought Murray said, don't you want me to tell him? And he was going to talk about something that was going to help Oscar. Oh, okay. But at that point, Jules is like done with Murray. Yeah. Uh, so before I forget the, yeah. uh, because it came up again, the money, which of course is a funny line. Like he would, he would, he would need a lot more than that. $25 uh, in the conversation, in the, the scene with the ticket scalping when they're going back and forth about how much the ticket is and it's listed at nine ninety nine, and she's willing to go to 15 or 20. Those that's actually pretty compatible with what Broadway ticket prices were in the early seventies that um, for, and you know, when you factor in inflation, it's still the, it, it's like the equivalent of at least $75, which by today's Broadway standards is cheap, but there's much much analysis has shown that Broadway ticket prices have gone have increased way beyond the rate of inflation. I um, should have looked up the you're right. I didn't look up the prices of gold. But I did look that. up. No, that's okay. pretty compatible. They're using prices that were compatible with Broadway shows were at the time. Uh, so Murray, when he hey, said one up, more great yes. joke, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you vacation in Detroit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retired <laughs> yeah. In Cleveland. Yeah, that was funny. There are a lot of jokey jokes there, but that's, that's but, but at least they're like that's just I find that more clever than the Mary. And it's thing. more uh, 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 believable about Murray. Uh, as Murray gets off the stand, he go he walks past Oscar and he gives him the okay sign, but Oscar pretends to hit at him because he's so annoyed at his testimony. Uh, Felix asks that Murray's testimony be stricken from the record. The judge says it is all right and he should call <laughs> his next witness. Felix bows again and then calls Beth Olam, who is the woman Felix tried to give the tickets to. As she gets up, Felix tells her not to be nervous. Oscar says, what's this? Another beautiful key witness. And that leads to this scene, which may arguably be the most well-known scene in Odd Couple history to people outside of the Odd Couple fandom. Miss Olam, do you remember me? Oh, yes, you're the ticket scalper. I object. Sustain, alleged ticket scalper. Thank you, Your Honor. Your Honor. It is the contention of the defense that in their trafficking with the witness, the co-defendants had not one iota of avarice, not one scintilla of cupidity for fiscal increment. Mr. Unger, could you talk faster or smaller? Objection sustained. We didn't want to make any money. Thank you. Now, Miss Olam, stop me if anything I say is different from what occurred that night at the theater. All right. I said, hi there. <laughs> Would you like to see the show? That's what he said. I have an extra ticket. He said that too. And what did you say? I said, how much is it? That's what she said. I believe it. Get on with it. You're hearing this. Can I help it? <laughs> And when I told you how much it was, what did you do? I offered you $15 for it. And did I take it? No, you held out for more. <laughs> did I ask you for more money? Well... Ah, now think hard. Your answer is very important. Well, not exactly. 
You hear? You hear? Not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, I mean I just assumed that this man... Did, did you say you assumed? Yes. Your Honor, may defense counsel use that blackboard? Yes. Thank you, Your Honor. Miss Olaf, you should never assume because when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. Step down. Mr. Prosecutor, your witness. No further questions. Gee, you were great. You want to hail my jaywalking ticket? Well, that puts things in a new light. If you'll excuse me, I'll retire and render a verdict. So um, I know you have some, you want to talk about this, but all my research indicates that while maybe they didn't invent this wordplay, is most it became nationally famous from the odd couple right according to wikipedia in the, the tv land 2006 documentary the 100 greatest tv quotes and catchphrases lowell gans who wrote this episode credits jerry belson with um adding this to the script um and uh belson had heard it used by a teacher in a typewriter or a pair class <laughs> i don't know how that fit in but that's where apparently in that documentary how it came to be. Well, that's interesting because it first what's evidence of Jerry Belson's continued hands-on involvement in the show. Um, but yes, I consulted my uh, my my reliable source, the Quote Investigator at quoteinvestigator.com, has a nice entry on this whole uh, quotation, the whole the assume ass out of you and me line. And he, he mentions the odd couple a lot. He kind of acknowledges that the odd couple is the, the one, is the source that he's most associated with. Uh, and he mentions, mentions the Belson uh, story. But he even found earlier references in print. And the earliest one he found was a 1957 newspaper ad for a car insurance company that says, I urge you as a driver to observe the rules of traffic. Don't anything when you drive because you'll make an ass out of you and me and that is from the Española New Mexico <laughs> newspaper of 1957 oh, it's a local ad it's not a, a local ad in, a, in the southwest but I think the, all that what that in that and the Belson story kind of uh, support that it was in circulation as we say that it was just something that uh, word that was a not word of mouth but you know something passed along as a joke uh, that never made it into pop culture before this. Um, one yes. footnote, by the way, it's yeah. not. It is after the Odd Couple, but there is another film that had made this popular. Do you know what it is? No. It's a film with an Odd Couple link, oddly enough, because it's 1976. Three years later, The Bad News Bears, starring oh, Walter, Walter Matthau. I'm not and a big fan of that film. No, and I didn't go back to verify this, but I did. I remembered it coming up in a movie like that, and I saw online lots of references to it. So, listeners can can uh, maybe confirm that. But uh, funny that that Walter Matthau ended up. Uh, Does he say it in the movie? Yes. Oh. Uh, now Felix, of course, had it all one here. He just had to shut up, yes. let the judge go back, 
Um, and he actually did a good, I mean, as a lawyer, right. which he always wants yep. to be, did a good job, but he obviously could not leave well enough alone. Of course not. Which, uh, but luckily for us, because it luckily creates another us. great scene. Just one moment, I didn't say defense rests. I'm not through. Oh, yes, you are. No, no I'm not. Time. I'm rolling, boy. Your Honor, I intend to prove beyond a shadow. Sit down, Your Honor, sit down. <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was never any intention to sell this ticket. And to that end, I should like to call to the witness stand my key witness and co-defendant, and incidentally, a heck of a guy. <laughs> Oscar Madison. Uh, Take the stand. What are you doing? Take the stand. <laughs> this man is a co-defendant. Anything he says will be judged in that light. Why don't you allow Miss Olam's testimony to speak for itself? Is the bench cognizant of the import of its remarks? Do you think Mr. Oscar Madison would lie? He's a reputable man. Proceed. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, Mr. Madison, state your name, please. Oscar Madison, famous sports writer. Now, Mr. Madison, would you tell the court, in your own words, of course, Exactly what transpired on the aforementioned evening in connection with the alleged scalping of the alleged ticket. Well, I had this extra ticket. My roommate Felix Younger said, why don't we return it to the box office, which he did. Now, he didn't come back to the seat. I went out to the lobby to see what was happening. He was being arrested. Next thing I knew, I was being arrested, too. And? <laughs> You're leaving out the most important part. What's the most important part? Mr. Unger, we'd all like to hear. Tell them how you couldn't get a date. Felix. Yes. Mr. Madison, will you tell the court why there was an extra ticket? Can I object? No. <laughs> Only your lawyer can object. Answer the question, Mr. Madison. I refuse to answer the question on the grounds that I don't want to answer the question. You're ruining my defense. Well, okay, you can ruin my defense. Sir, Mr. Madison, I have killers patiently waiting their turn. <laughs> I had an extra ticket because I couldn't get a date. What's a little louder, please. I didn't get the answer. I couldn't get a date. Ah. And how hard did you try? <laughs> I tried very hard. How many girls did you call? We didn't hear you, Mr. Madison. Seven! Seven! You count? Seven! Seven. You Are those the acts of a man who has scalped the ticket? Defense rest! Seven! Little story! Come on, will you? I want to take a minute to decide this case, and then I want to take another minute to see if I still want to be a judge. <laughs> It's such a great scene. There's yeah. so many good things. The whole right, not just the assumed thing. It's I know. So there's three parts. We haven't even. There's right. another yeah. great one coming up. Um, Kirk Conway's so good. Uh, the way Felix closes his, his eyes when he says "one heck of a guy" about Oscar. A heck of a guy. The way Oscar stays seated, facing. I'm going to use a term for you. Stage left. Yes. After Felix says about couldn't get a date, and <laughs> Oscar just keeps staring stage left while Felix walks walk stage right because he just is in shock that he has to talk about this and the way he goes i tried very, very hard, hard. Um, 
the only thing that is a little unbelievable is that Harry Price believes the fact that Oscar called seven women couldn't get a date is a quote unquote lead story. <laughs> well, okay. What I find funny, and we have to point out that he's once Felix forces him to shout seven and hold up seven fingers in a big way. Harry Price comes in photo and yeah. takes a big snapshot of <laughs> right. it with the big yeah. flashbulb. And, and what's great about it is I think there's this unstated rivalry between them. They yeah. know each other. And it, the feeling is that he, Harry is just really itching to get something to embarrass us. Right. He loves it. And, and the thought of, of this being literally on the front page of another paper of man can't get date after calling seven women. Uh, I kind of like that. So the next scene, Felix is shaking the hands of the prosecutor while officer is getting, sitting dejected in his chair. Nelly, Murray tells him it looks real good and that he was sure glad he could help. Felix says, look at that face. What are you worried about? This isn't the bag, baby. You're going to walk out of here a free man. Oscar gives him a dirty look. Then the judge comes back in and announces a not guilty verdict. Felix says, how about that? Satisfied? Oscar says, no, I'm humiliated. Do you realize what happened to me in this courtroom today? Do you? And that now, again, leads to another great scene. You're right. You're absolutely right. Your Honor, not guilty is all well and good, but it hardly makes up to Mr. Madison for the humiliation he suffered. I, uh, I would suggest that an apology is in order. So, go ahead, apologize. I'm not the one who accused him of being a liar. I, I think a big man would apologize. Felix, let's go home, please. Mr. Unger... We have two choices, guilty or not guilty. Justice has a short menu. I'm waiting for an apology. All right, I apologize. I'm sorry you're not guilty. Mr. Unger, you're getting on my nerves. Let's leave personalities out of this, shall we? Mr. Unger, my mother didn't scrub floors to send me to law school to listen to this. I'm fining you and your client $100 for contempt of court. You think that scares us? Yes. Us. Again, us. Your Honor, may I speak for myself, please? Any other voice would be refreshing. May I put this man on the stand? I'd love it. Take the stand. Take the stand. I want to prove to the witness that you he... You mean to the court? See, but it's... No, I mean to the witness. How messy it is back Forget it. <laughs> to the witness that he's responsible for it, and he owes us all an apology. If you could do that, I'll cancel the fine. You got a bet. <laughs> Mr. Rundler, when you went to grammar school, what was your nickname? I, I don't see what's Answer the question, just... please. Felix the Pest. <laughs> and what did your high school yearbook say about you? I was voted the boy most likely to interrupt. <laughs> And when you went to a marriage counselor, what happened? He kicked me out of his office. And? He wrote on my chart, lunatic. And what were the specific grounds for your divorce that set a legal precedent in the state of New York? Pestiness. My wife swore under oath I was a pest. Defensorist. And she was right. She's a wonderful woman, Your Honor. I don't know why I do these things. I drive everybody crazy. He's right. I know I bothered the court. I bothered the bailiff. 
I kept killers waiting. I always think I'm helping. I never seem to do the right thing. I never learned my... I'm sorry. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll suspend the fine if you'll get out of here. Thank you, Your Honor. I just want you to know I appreciate it. It's very long-suffering and very forbearing. That's all. Thank you. There's one thing. You have a tendency to mumble when you talk. You're the judge. Exert your authority. Speak up. Get him out of here! Another great scene. Um couple thoughts i love the way felix says at the beginning you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> as if he's almost as if he's <laughs> going to admit the problem but then turns to the judge yeah um uh and of course it, it, interesting is that you know during quincy oscar would have a lot of quincy jack clug would have a lot of scenes where he interrogates people on a stand during the yeah. coroner's inquest yeah. and this kind of sets up that a little bit that that's something jack clug can do yeah. um and I, the judge does not mumble. I don't know why Felix thinks that. <laughs> he we only never... did that one line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. So he they made it. It was. I mean, it's a. It's a. I, I have a feeling that was a hard scene, a hard way to find a tag. Like I'm not sure the right. obvious out there. Well, and there's isn't it? I mean, it's a very odd cut too that they go to commercial without a. There's no. It's like, it's one of the. Yeah, nothing as if they decided later to yes the yeah right they're in the they middle of the scene interrupt the scene i think yes. that applause is probably inserted um because it's a why are they applauding uh <laughs> and they go to commercials just so they can use the end of the scene as the tag yeah um, uh yes uh just want to point out we get in the the questions felix oscar asks felix again we get the classic line from the play the odd couple about the marriage counselor who kicked a lunatic said wrote lunatic yeah so recycling that old joke um and i kurt godway is so great when oscar says can i put this man in the stand he just i love it (laughs) (laughs) it's like of course this is not at all legal proper procedure but he doesn't care so if you could do that you could i'll cancel the fine um you know and uh, we also have to believe that there's a legal precedent in the state of New York, where you and I live, yes. or divorces, so if you and I are yeah. pest, or I, I our wives are. Don't tell my wife. Yeah, apparently <clears> there's a great <throat> divorce. Uh, so I love this episode. I mean, even though I picked apart a few of the things, um, this is five out of five Murray's for me. This is one of those episodes that I just uh, will always watch enthusiastically and laugh, even though I know all the lines coming. And sometimes I forget all the lines coming. And of course, it's elevated by the ass out of you and me, which I remember seeing for the first time. I remember watching a WPIX sitting in my in my bedroom and really thinking, wow, that's very clever. I remember <laughs> sure. thinking that. I guess it is. Whoever whoever made it up right. 100 years ago. What say you? Uh, totally agree. Um, this is definitely a fiver. Um, and might be my favorite I, if I had to pick one, but it's definitely one of my top favorites 
Um, and yeah, it's amazing. Like it's kind of a coincidence that it's the most famous episode for that one line, but it also happens to be a, an incredibly strong yes. episode from start to finish. That's true. It actually happens to be, that's just one of many great moments in this episode. Um, so I hope it doesn't get known just for that. It is incredibly plotted, very tight, uh, moves along fast. And there are just so many great laughs in it from start to finish. Um, it's almost like this is really them at the top of their form, I think. And uh, and we get Tony Randall doing his showboating lawyer thing. Yeah, which uh, works so well. I mean, it's so weird how yeah. this show found courtroom scenes because they yes. almost always, all, I think they all work. Because of Tony Randall's hijinks. And the way, hijinks. yeah, and the way, you know, they like to kind of pick each other apart right they always end up in examining yeah, each yeah, other on yeah, the stand yeah, yeah. <laughs> which again to quote the famous uh you know cliche well this is highly irregular but i'll allow it um yeah. so but it yeah it's just the court right gives them the perfect setting to go at each other um and felix uh tony randall went on to play a judge in his next isn't that time. funny right yes. i'm just starting to uh, i st- i watched the first episode on youtube it it's not a great show. No, I, I so I remember watching it. But I'd it like was, to see more of it. So I I I got a hold of the whole series. Oh. Um I remember watching it. It was on like it's it, at some point in the late 80s early 90s ABC or CBS ran a bunch of old sitcoms. Hmm. In like 12:30 o'clock as part of some sort of daytime lineup. And I remember watching it there really enjoying it and then found it available. Wow. And I started watching it. And yeah, it did not hold up well. I mean, it is viewing. so not, it is not like the odd couple. They are trying to make him a different kind of character, not Felix Unger. Yeah. But making him a judge is kind of already kind of a boring <laughs> concept. Well, but, I mean, you know, judges deal with it. It's like Bob Newhart. You just deal with I a lot of wacky so. people, or Night Court obviously yeah. found it. Yeah, but and it, it makes him the straight man dealing with the, you know. Exactly. That's what I'm disappointed about. Yeah, right. right I see. Straight man, which right. is probably that suited him fine. Like he was looking for, you know, a different, uh, uh, not to be typecast, but it doesn't take advantage of his thing. Anyway. Um, so it's not, there's nothing, it's not worth finding more than. Anyway, sorry to bring it up because distracting us from the matter at hand which is that this is definitely one of the great biggies of all time yes um all right well if you have feedback for us please send us an email at 1049pod at gmail.com and uh hope you will can more of you will leave some great ratings for us um and garrett next time could you either talk faster or smaller i'm trying very very hard